surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can be seated. Now let's go into our time of scripture uh, into 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I want to talk to you today about in everything give thanks. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And let's look at verse number 18. And we will take this single uh, passage of scripture here at the end. I'll talk about this. And Paul is giving admonition after admonition. But in verse number 18, he touches on the subject of thanksgiving. And that's where I want to come into today. In everything, give thanks. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. The apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonian church. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In everything, give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. God, I, as I look upon my life, there have been plenty of times of failure, of disappointment, hurt. Uh, God, at times of anguish and anger. But all along the way, I cannot but help know that there has been the goodness of God all along my path of life. God, that you have been there at every step. And without fail, you have yielded purpose to every negative experience and also thrilled my soul with joy in every positive one. God, I am grateful for that, thankful for it. Father, I pray today you would teach us from your word that the Christian life as a whole should be permeated with thanksgiving not just a day and a national holiday but a lifestyle of thankfulness gratefulness for your goodness on us father we ask this in Jesus precious name amen and amen when it comes to the celebration of thanksgiving one might think that there is, are a lot of descriptions of that first Thanksgiving. You know, it seems as though we know, uh, we, we're, we, we discuss so many particulars about the first Thanksgiving that you would think there's a lot of documentation behind it. But the reality is there's not. As a matter of fact, most of what we know about Thanksgiving, that first Thanksgiving, are taken from a few lines of a letter from Edward Winslow to a friend in England. Listen to what he says. And God be praised, we had a good increase. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling that so we might after a special manner rejoice together. Winslow continues, these things I thought good to let you understand that you might on our behalf give God thanks who have dealt so favorably with us. Now there are a few scattered other details, but apart from this letter, we know little about Thanksgiving. Now although there are a few scattered remarks here and there about the first Thanksgiving, we really don't, they don't tell us much more than about that they had a feast at the end of the fall 
in 1621. But it does say volumes about the people there uh, that attended that feast. You see, these people arrived on the coast of Massachusetts in November 1620. Now, they were unprepared for what they encountered. You see, they were anticipating quite warmer weather. If you'll kind of take a, uh, a look at the longitude and latitude of Massachusetts compared with England, it, was, it is significantly closer to the equator than England is. So they thought that the winters there would be much more mild than what they actually encountered. And uh, actually that first winter of 1620 was severely cold. Now, during that winter, they became desperately low on food and many became gravely ill. In fact, they landed there with 102 settlers. But by March of the following year, only a couple of months later, they were down to only 47 of them still alive. 14 of the 18 adult wives died that winter. And that first Thanksgiving, there were only, at the first Thanksgiving, there were only mostly widowed men and children having only four wives that survived that winter. And yet, over the spring and summer months, God provided for their needs. And even in view of those crushing hardships that they had gone through, they stopped to give thanks to God for His blessing and provision. Despite all the pain and suffering that they went to that previous winter, they stopped to thank God. Although George Washington proclaimed a day of thanksgiving in 1789, and 1795, it was not a yearly thing that they celebrated uh, in, the, in that day and time. But in 1863, Abraham Lincoln declared a national day of thanksgiving to be celebrated on the last Thursday of November, and we've been doing it there ever since. But think about this with me. When Abraham Lincoln told the country to be thankful on a specific day every year, it was 1863. What is 1863? What was going on in our nation in 1863? It was the height of the bloodiest conflict in American history. The blood of northern and southern troops soaked the soils of the battlefields of the nation. Now, both in the Civil War and in that first year of the settlement, these both have the characteristic of being times of great difficulty and, 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 and difficulty and sorrow. And yet, they did not prevent the people of God from stopping and giving thanks to God. From stopping to recognize that what we do have comes from the gracious hand of God. Now, if this is true for them, in the height of the conflict of the Civil War, in the, in the aftermath of such devastation of death following the winter of 1620, when the Pilgrim settles first year 
came here, if it was so for them that they stop and give thanks, how much more is it for us today to stop and give thanks? In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we are told to give thanks. Notice what he says, in all things, in everything, give thanks. Now, he does not say, give thanks for all things. That's a different subject. That's a difficult subject. That, that, there's some things that we encounter in our lives that we simply cannot think God, uh, cannot thank God for. But in every situation, in every occasion, there is something for which we can thank God. Every believing child of God is called to give thanks to God. And we can do this by following three instructions that I want to draw from this text and, and, outline, and outline it from this verse, okay? Three instructions for us to follow to be thankful in everything. Notice, first of all, we ought to examine the obligation to thankfulness. The obligation of thankfulness. Look at the verse number 18 as it starts there. In everything, the Apostle Paul says, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. You know, we live in a man-centered world. Uh, uh, ma the main character, uh, characteristic of which, of this age, is selfishness, self-centeredness, and self-ability. These traits are avoid, uh, are void of any obligation to show gratefulness to anyone else. You know, Thanksgiving for many people in our world today in in America, it's got to be one of the most awkward holidays of the year because. It is an, for them, it is an awkward moment of unfamiliar reflection about all the characters who have played a role in their life progress. For many in this world, they do not believe there is a God and therefore they are not beholden to Him to give thanks to God. But there may be a general sense in which they ought to thank their parents or or other people that have aided them in life, thankful thanks to their friends who have helped them or whatever. There may be an ob, a, a, a somewhat of an obligation to thank these people, but with today's mindset of everybody in my past is to blame for my emotional trauma that I have today, that list is very, very short. And to be honest, most people in our culture today break their arm to pat themselves on the back at Thanksgiving time. Because they don't, they, mom and dad are mess me up, you know, and, and everybody in society is against me. And so, uh, therefore, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, ma what, you, you ever heard them say, I'm a self-made man or a self-made woman. And they break their arm trying to pat themselves on the back. But for the child of God, we are not only obligated by this text it's an obligation Paul is unqualified in what he says in everything give thanks we're not only obligated but inwardly 
We are compelled by reason of our own sense of dependence upon God to express thanks to Him. If you know God in saving faith, there is in its essence a starting point to say, I am not self-sufficient. In day one of salvation, in day one of experiencing God, we realize that we are not self-sufficient. And so that automatically leads to the heart of every child of God that we are to give thanks to God. Notice, first of all, we see the responsibility of thankfulness. Here, in the end of this first letter, the Apostle Paul is giving machine gun uh, applications or machine gun admonitions. He's got like a laundry list. Look at it with me. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. It's just like a machine gun of things for them to follow, to, to apply to their lives, to, to guard their lives with. And he, and he gives them the responsibility, uh, in no uncertain terms, of being thankful to God. Now this thankfulness here comes uh, from the realization uh, that there is not one thing we require or we enjoy in our lives that is not the direct result of the benevolence and the blessing of God. From the clothes on our back, the roof over our heads, all are the benefit and the blessing of God. Job said it best. He boiled it, he shucked it right down to the cob. Listen to what he said. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God has given me not only my creative cognitive ability in myself, and in my birth, and in my, my realization, but everything on top of that. The clothes on my back, the house that I live in, the car that I drive, the society in which I live in, all of these things are the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Everything you enjoy day after day is the direct result of the grace and the kindness of God. And yet, the, and yet so many times we are guilty of taking from the bountiful hand of God and never expressing gratitude that it was extended in the first place. A life of gratitude is the life of every child of God. Our text here is not a suggestion. You know, that's one of the, the things that many people, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and, and kind of different avenues and I've heard people talk about the ethic that uh, people, uh, uh, you know, gurus, self-help people, uh, I, I've heard them say, well, I wake up in the morning and, and I try to generate this idea of gratefulness, not to God, but to other things, to being grateful. They say that's, that's wholehearted for many people and gets you in the right mindset to be successful, uh, to go, uh, to be forward thinking. Well, listen, this is not that. This is not a suggestion for you to be successful. You ought to do this or that. This is an admonition. This is a command from God's Word. You ought, you must be thankful to God. To be thankful to Him. 
we have a responsibility of thankfulness. But also we see in this verse the release of thankfulness. He said in verse number 18, In everything give thanks. Thanks here is a word meaning grateful. It particularly references the saying of thanks at a meal. Just as one sits down at a meal, should bow their head in gratefulness to God for what is provided before them to eat, we are to release our thanks to God in all and every situation. This is not just bound to the dinner meal, bound to when there's, oh, we're going for a Thanksgiving meal today at my, at my father-in-law's and I'm just already now envisioning that big plate of food and how thankful I'll be to have that big plate uh, of food. But it's not just when you have a plate of food in front of you. It's not just when you're holding a fat check to, buy, to deposit at the bank. It's in every situation. When your bones ache, when you're tired, when it's difficult, when it's hard. Family situations don't go the way you'd want it. When the, when the work is thin, be thankful, be grateful. It's to give thanks. That's what he's talking about here. We are to release thanks to God in all and every circumstance. Now, I believe there are two ways to do this. Two ways for us to express thanksgiving. Now, one of them is, is one of the most obvious Probably one of the most uh, used ways to be thankful to God. It's in prayer. We pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Paul speaks of this in Philippians 4, 6 directly. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the following verse says that the key to a peaceful mind a peace that passes all understanding, part of that is giving it thankfulness to God in prayer. Not only giving our supplication, not only seeking God in prayer, and there's, we can divide those words up, we can go into a whole different sermon by there. But part of that is being thankful. Being thankful to God adds something to the peace of God in our hearts. It, it, it gives us that peace of God. It ought to be our persistent practice to get alone with God and tell Him thank you. Thank you for the many kindnesses He's shown to us in our lives. I'm convinced that if we, if we will stop what we are doing and start thinking about all that God has done for us, we will start thanking. That's what, you know, I was listening. One of my, one of my nerdy podcasts I listened to is The Grammar Girl. And the grammar girl had, uh, had a podcast this week where she talked about the word thank and where it came from and its origins. And it really is a proto-European, in essence, word. Thank is a, in its proto-European uh, essence, and in its start, is the word think. Think and thank. If you think about something, and it makes sense, if you think about something long enough, you're going to thank God for it. It has something to do with it. If we will stop and think then we will translate to thanking. The old black preacher S.M. Lockridge put it best. He said, we're real good at, at counting bruises. I got a bruise here, and I got a bruise there, and I got a bruise here. But he says, when I start counting blessing, 
It's not long till I'm on shouting ground. And that's true. When we sit down and think about the blessings that we possess, that we have, and set aside all the bruises, set aside all the negative things, and think on those blessings, well, uh, pretty soon we'll be, we'll be stepping on the clouds. We'll be sounding the praises of God. Think on His blessings. Our heart will be warmed with thanksgiving to God. But the second way to express thanksgiving is not only in prayer, thanking God in prayer, but it's also in praise. Praising God. Psalm 100 and verse number 4. We read it earlier, but I had to include it here. Psalm 104. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise and be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Now the psalmist is really, these are those psalms of ascent. And they would quote these as they go up to Jerusalem and to worship at the temple. And in these psalms of ascent, here he is saying, Enter into his courts with praise and, and enter his gates with thanksgiving. Those are physical gates when they go into the city. When they enter that temple area, in those courts, the outer courts and all those places. It's telling them, it's telling them to be thankful in these situations of worship. Well, you know, this is not a temple. I understand that. We don't sacrifice uh, uh, lambs or anything like that. And that not, that's not much of a court out there. And, and uh, uh, those aren't too good of the gates. But nevertheless, I think it still applies. When we come in this house, when we come in this place, we ought to have on our minds a thankful heart to God. So many times. And I get it. I understand I understand when we come in, life's hard. We get all kinds of negative things and hurtful things that happen to us. And it is good to come in the house of the Lord as a soulless and as a, to get the help. I understand that. But the admonition of a, uh, for us is a prepared heart to worship. Hey, fight those battles out there, those hearts, those, leave them outside. Because this is a sanctuary, a place of worship unto Him. Now the truth of the matter is, there's nothing special about this building, okay? This is not the temple of the Lord. Not much different than your kitchen or your bedroom or any other place. And so when we, I think it really boils down to when we come to a time of worship, whether it be corporately, whether it be personally. Enter into His courts with thanksgiving. Enter into His gates with praise. It is a time to worship Him. God's been too good to us to come into His house or to sit at our tables at home in our personal worship and sit there silent like a knot on a log and point to every bruise and, uh, that we've got. God's been too good to us and blessed us too much to be ashamed and lift our voices and our hands in praise to Him. Charles E. Jefferson said, Gratitude is born in hearts that take time to count up past mercies. Oh, so good. Gratefulness to God. We're to examine the obligation of thanksgiving. Paul has obligated us to give thanks to God. Second of all, we are to example the occasion for Thanksgiving. Now, here's the thing. As I'm talking to you this morning about all of the 
things you need to be thankful for. You may be saying to yourself, well, Brother Ronnie, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm facing tomorrow. Well, that is all addressed in this verse. Now, albeit it's small, verse 18 is a very small verse, but yet it is widely comprehensive in its scope. Notice, first of all, he said in verse number 18, in everything give thanks, in everything give thanks. That means at all times. This morning, you may have a, well, that's easy for you to say attitude. But you need to understand that thankfulness is not limited to good times in life alone. Our Lord expects us to be thankful at all times in our life. I mean, really think about it. Think about it for a second. Should thankfulness always be limited to the times when everybody's healthy, all the bills are paid, plenty of food in the cupboard? If that were the case, thanksgiving would be more rare than once a year for most of us. And thanksgiving would be rare if ever would there be an occasion for a thankful heart. You think about Job and if there's ever one example of a person that, that so epitomizes the difficulty we go through, the seemingly incomprehensible nature of the, the adversity we face in life, Job didn't know anything. We're privy to the conversation. We know all about the conversation between God and Satan. We know that. Job didn't. Job is suffering, suffering horribly. And yet, what do we find? Job sat down in the ashes of his broken life and blessed God in the midst of all that he was going through. You may think to yourself, I have nothing to be thankful for. I want to read a few things that may change your mind. Number one, if you own just one Bible, you're abundantly blessed. One third of the world does not even have access to one. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than a million who will not survive this coming week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, or the agony of torture or pangs of starvation, you're ahead of 500 million people in this world. If you attend a church meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, or torture of death, you're more blessed than almost 3 billion people in this world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and spare change in a dish someplace, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If you can read the PowerPoint that is behind me, you're more blessed than over 2 billion people in the world that can't read anything at all. When you put it in perspective, we are an abundantly blessed people. I mean, let's be honest. You ever heard people, uh, people say that their problems are first world problems? Most of ours fit into that category. 
These are first world problems. Not first world problems is not getting a parking place closer to the mall. You know, that's if you had to if you had to walk a, a down a down an aisle um, over over fifty yards, then that that's first world problems. Third world problems is trying to find food, trying to find shelter, clothing for the back. Man, we've got so much to be thankful for, and 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 if nothing else. If nothing else, if you're here today and you claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've got enough to stomp a, uh, to stomp a thousand acres of corn down in joy and praise that you ain't going to go to hell, that you know the Lord Jesus, that He saved you from your sins, that you've been forgiven justified, brought into his family. You'll spend all of eternity. Why, this life is just a, a vapor. It's a hand breath. It's a shadow. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Eternity goes on forever and forever and forever and forever. Praise his holy name. I'll be with him forever. I won't go to hell. I'll know him and bask in his glory through all eternity. I've been saved from the wrath to come. Wash my, my sins in His blood. I'm a child of God. A citizen of heaven. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I've been delivered from the wrath to come. No matter how bad things get. It doesn't get any better than that. Bless His holy name. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will praise. I, I pray. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me. The Apostle Paul tells us that we can, we can praise God and be thankful at all times. But also in all things. Notice what he says. In everything. In everything. Give thanks. We can be thankful at all times. But notice carefully our text says that we are to be thankful in all things but not for all things. I brought this up earlier when we first started. Let's be real honest. It's not easy to jump up and down and say thank you Jesus when the doctor comes with the diagnosis of cancer. When the boss comes and lays you off for work. When you walk beside the grave of a loved one. It, it would be uncharacteristic. It would be downright almost foolish to jump up and down and praise God for such negative and difficult con uh, uh, circumstances that, that come as a result of the fall and, and not authored by the hand of God, but through the permission of God. Job, again, Job went through, he, Job went through what he went through, not because of the hand of God, but because of the permitting of God to allow the curse of this world to have its way with Job. It's, it's not something that we can praise God and thank God for, but there are things in life that we can't simply thank God for, but we can thank God in. That's what Job did. He thanked God in. Thanked God in circumstances. The world comes to us like Job's wife and say, why don't you just curse God and die? You Christians, you, don't, you, ain't no, you ain't no different than anybody else. You get cancer. You lose jobs. You have financial collapse. You have things that don't work. 
Why don't you just curse God and be like the rest of us and die? But in that situation, Job, not for his circumstances, but in his circumstances, thanked God. I can thank God that there is not one dark valley that I'll ever walk through alone because He has promised never to leave me nor forsake me. I thank God in every confusing circumstance because I am assured that God is working through all things to the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. I can thank God when my life seems so dark that I cannot put one foot in front of the other that I hold the hand of a God who is my light and my strength and I have no reason to fear. It's, I don't, you know, you can't thank God for abuse. You can't thank God for such horrific circumstances of a, as a death of a loved one, but you can thank God in in, in every circumstance. Not for, necessarily, but in every circumstance. We ought to examine the obligation of thankfulness. We ought to example the occasion of thankfulness at all times, in all things. But last of all, we need to experience the opportunity of thankfulness. Thankfulness is an obligation. But, it is also an opportunity. That's where the latter part of this verse comes in. Listen to what Paul added to the admonition of being thankful. Look at what he said. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's funny that he didn't, he didn't do a summary and say for these things are the will of God concerning you. He specifically set aside a thankful heart as that being a part of the will of God. So many people talk about wanting to know and to do the will of God. You know, that's a lot of young people. They want to know what God's will is for their life. And they want to, they want to do the will of God. But if they will just look in the Bible, they can know the will of God. There are other verses just like this verse that tell us the ex express will of God. Do you want to know the will of God for your life? Well, here's a good starting point. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Notice, first of all, it's a prescribed will of God. We may speculate about things concerning the will of God. I'll be real honest. I, uh, the will of God is not likely to come to your house in a FedEx package at Christmas. It's not going to come certified stamped mail. The will of God doesn't necessarily work their way. But there are certain times in God's Word where it comes in bold, bold language. Black and white on onion skin pages of the Word of God. Here's the example, one of the examples. It's straight from God. Here is His will for your life. This is not only a command from God, but this is also God's heart's desire for everyone. It's the will of your heavenly Father. Jesus in His ministry in John 6, 38. Jesus was preoccupied with doing the will of the Father. Look at what He said in John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of Him 
that sent me. Jesus' great desire was to do the will of the Father. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, we prayed to take this cup from He had never known separation from the Father like He would experience at the cross. And yet, what was Jesus' prayer? Not my will, thy will be done. The will of God was of utmost importance for Jesus. What an opportunity. What an opportunity for you and for me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and participate in the express will of God. Just like the Lord Jesus. And it's all summed up. Well, there are other avenues. We could look into those other places. But it's all summed up in this verse. In everything, give thanks. When you wake up in the morning, be thankful. No doubt we get burdens and we have, we have needs. We have, take them to God. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known unto God. Take them to the Lord. But in everything, be thankful. And we can do the will of God. Notice, second of all, not only the prescribed will of God, but the personal will of God. Look what he goes on to say. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Notice this. Concerning you. You, you. Concerning you. There's something personal in what he said here. The will of God concerning you personally, particularly. I don't know God's will for your life. I don't know. Half time, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know if God's will for you is to be a preacher or a pastor, to be a missionary or musician, to be a Sunday school teacher, a secretary, a politician or a plumber. But I do know one personal aspect of the will of God for your life. And that is for you to live a life of thanksgiving. God's will. It's God's will. You know, sometimes when it comes to the will of God, we, we miss the forest for the trees. I think about a story I read about a lady that bought a parrot. And she bought this parrot to keep her company. She bought one that she wanted to talk, the parrot to talk. And the people at the pet store, this is a talking parrot. You just got to train it and talk to it. And eventually it will talk back to you. So she bought this parrot thinking that it would talk. Well, she came a few days later and said, this bird doesn't talk. The guy at the pet store says, well, do you have a mirror in its cage? She said, no. Oh, listen, parrots love mirrors. They, they see themselves in the mirror and they'll eventually start up a conversation. And so she bought a mirror, went home, bought the mirror, left, come back a few days later, bird still isn't talking. The owner says, well, have you got a ladder for the, the bird? Parrots love ladders. It keeps them active and, and they love to walk up and down ladders. And a, and a happy parrot is more likely to be a parrot that will talk. So she bought a ladder, put it in the thing. A few days later, parrot wouldn't, parrot still wouldn't talk. She'd come back to the store, parrot doesn't talk. Well, do you have a swing for the parrot? No, don't have a swing. Oh, listen, parrots love swings. They it relaxes them. And I'm telling you what, you relax that parrot in a swing, it's going to start talking up a storm. The woman bought the swing and left. The next day, she walked into parrots, uh, to the pet store, and she was irate. The parrot died. 
the owner said, I am so sorry. I'm sorry. Did he say anything at all before he died? The lady said, yes. Right before he died, he had something to say. And this is what he said. Don't they sell any food down at that pet store? When it comes to the will of God, sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. Hey, there are plenty of places in God's Word where He tells us the will of God. This is one of them. But there are several others. These are places in which we know ironclad the will of God for your life and for mine. There's no telling what, if we'll be obedient to that, what He will show us of the personal, even more so, the will of God for my life. And so here he tells us this concerning you personally. You be thankful to God. You participate in the will of God with a thankful a life of thanksgiving. On October 3rd, 1789, in his first year as president, George Washington issued a proclamation calling for a national day of thanksgiving. He wrote this. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and to humbly implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts, the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them the opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of the, that great and glorious being, capital B, being, who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and that will be. Such majestic words of the origin of what we celebrate on Thursday. You know, it's easy to be caught up like I am with the deliciousness of the food, the fun or tenseness of gathering with family, whatever the case may be. Sometimes we just want to get through it. Sometimes we want to uh, just roll around in it, enjoy it. Whatever the case is for you, let us make sure that as we approach it, we do so with grateful hearts. These past years here, we've seen a lot of things happen. We've come close to death in many and several cases in this church, and yet God's been so good to us. Think about the previous year where there had been so much sickness and people in the hospital and people having scares and yet, yet we're, we're here. God's good to us. No, I don't have everything that I would wish for, but I, but I have everything that I need. He's been good to us. Let's be thankful to God as our American heritage recommends for all of His many blessings and favors on our life. Let's be thankful to God. We've got so much to be thankful for. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and never, never embraced Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, oh, 
I've got some great news for you. Jesus came and died on the cross to shed His precious blood and now calls you to Himself. Why don't you come and know Jesus as Lord and Savior? If you're here today and, and, and you know, the truth of the matter is we can get really down. It's holidays. A lot of, you know, we've, there's been so much death over the past several years. So many people dying that we can get really down and, and, and it can be a very depressing time. But I, again, I, I, I encourage you when those times overshadow you to go back to the essence of what God has done for us. What He's given us. Who He is to us. There's so many people blinded in this world that don't know the Lord. But Carrie said it so many times. I don't, I don't know how people, I don't know how people live this life without the Lord. And I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know how people make it without the Lord. He's so good, kind, gracious to us. Let's be reminded of that and, and strengthen ourselves in the Lord and thanksgiving to Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. I thank you for the Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for Him dying on the cross for our sins. God, help our hearts. By this stern reminder from the, the pen of the Apostle Paul that we are to be a people whose lives are permeated with thanksgiving. Not only just Thursday, and not only today, but every day as we live this walk of life, in this pilgrimage, remind us of our, 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 our admonition to be thankful to you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. Let's sing this course together. I think it comes through maybe two or three times. I love this song. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Brother Ron.